0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 815. This episode is brought to you by the Nerdist Community Corkboard, reminding you that you, the Nerdist community, can submit things to the corkboard at events at nerdist.com. Do it, and you might hear Kyle the
1: Walker on muppet say... It's just weird watching you like wrestle with like the, the the different voices in your head. You know, different announcer voices are Why all coming out at the same time. Go into the corkboard thing. Why'd you go? Because I time? wanted to do it on my terms. <laughs> And oh, the terms man. of a new generation I'm sorry. I didn't old mean man. To marginalize, <laughs> marginalize your role in uh, the as I now promote a Game of Thrones musical. What? <laughs> uh, if you live in the Chicago area from July 21st to August 21st, they're doing Thrones, the Game of Thrones musical at the Apollo Theater. I would for sure pay money to go watch this. say, where can I run to? <laughs> I like that you've assumed that, like all modern Broadway musicals, it's just 80s songs it's with It's 80s, new 80s covers with character <laughs> names. Uh, I just hope it has lots and lots of. Uh, the you do those two easy travel? like I don't either those were already in the chamber which no. makes me even more upset they were they were not already in the chamber or- it's at midnight. Has trained me. <laughs> hashtag wars has soiled my brain. It has taken you to some new and crazy places. Game of Thrones mu- music. Game of Thrones songs. <laughs> hashtag Game of Thrones songs. All I know about hashtag wars is occasionally somebody thinks oh, I'm going to do a Kyle Clark is rad deep cut. Is thing like you know what's not going to win you the hashtag war? Me. <laughs> All right, like so they'll they'll pop up about once in a month. I'm like oh somebody thinks this is a fun thing to do. <laughs> Hodor line. Love is an always on time. <laughs> oh. All right. They go right. so like now. Right. You don't even look excited You're just like, yep, nope, this is inside me Does it hurt when they come out? Every time <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any other sponsors besides the cork board? But, <laughs> yeah, I got, a I got time for the cork oh, board yeah.
2: oh, oh, I'm going back to the Wilbur Theater in Boston in November Ooh. So if you, can go to, if you go to ID10T.com uh, That's good news to get good news If you go to ID10T.com, that's you great get news. tickets there uh, We're going to do a couple shows at the Wilbur in Boston in November There you go, Katie
1: Levine
0: all right, so there's a play in L.A. called Four Chords and a Gun. Kind of oh, yeah. We were talking about this. Arden, and
1: I are going yeah, to Yeah, Arden this. Marine's
0: in it. John Russ Bowie's in it. Uh, it's at the Bootleg Theater in L.A., and you can find tickets by going to bootlegtheater.com. But it's all about the Ramones. Yeah,
1: it's about the Ramones early on in New York City, and it's and a whole play about that. It
0: sounds really cool. It's a musical. Definitely go check it out.
1: Great. Uh, this episode is David Schwimmer. He is
2: promoting Feed the Beast Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Feed the Beast on a channel called AMC.
1: AMC. AMC. I'm going to do it like the old Howard Stern WNBC. Oh, there we go. AMC. It sounds like it's like Bob Dylan trying to put it into a lyric. AMC. AMC. All right, no one's going to listen to that for more than a line. (laughs) Uh, This episode is podcast
2: number 815 with Mr. David Schwimmer.
3: Now entering nerdist.com.
2: 1978, and I said my...
3: really the first one you had? Yeah. I I think I had that that Apple... Like one of the first Mac, you know... Like the original Macintosh? Yeah, the original Macintosh. That was my first computer. They were great. I think I'm a little older than you. Uh, I don't think by much, actually. I
2: think we're in the same... Ballpark? We're in the same ballpark. I think you might be... Mm -hmm. I think you might have me by a couple of years. I'm 49. So. I'm 44. Oh,
3: see, no. see, we're in, same, <laughs> we're in the same. We're in the same. We have some of region. the same references. How's it going? This is Ina. I know Ina very oh, okay. well. Okay. Yes. Um, Ina and I went to elementary school together. Are you serious? Yeah. Fourth grade, was or that- or earlier, second. Yeah, yeah. Was this in New York or out here? No, out here. So you, because you were born in New York. I was born in New York, but grew up out here, and then moved. To, yeah, and then Chicago, and now.
2: And you're from here. It's so odd to meet someone who's from, who's locally grown, locally sourced, organic Los Angeles <laughs> material. It's so rare. People always migrate, or were shipped in. Yeah, but you you, know, you pretty much were a Los Angelino.
3: Pretty much, yeah. Although my my parents are real New Yorkers, so it was a uh, yeah. It I don't know. I had this strange kind of upbringing where uh, yeah, where it uh, I. <laughs> I guess because they – I had like – I think I, uh, this hybrid accent for a while because my mom has a really thick New York accent. My dad doesn't even though he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think I grew up kind of a mutt in that way. But.
2: <laughs> did, they, did they try to force New York stuff on you like you were not going to forget your roots not
3: care that we're out Well, here. yeah. And not only that, all my, my grandparents were all in New York, all my aunts and uncles. You know, my parents really pursued job opportunities out here in the uh, – in the late '60s, so um, we would go back at least twice a year to New York, so just to you know stay in touch with all the relatives, and also to see my parent, My mom was big into theater, so we would you know see in a week we'd see like six plays, six shows in though in a week that we'd be in New York. So what was the theater? Because
1: the, L- LA has
2: theater. There is there are there are theaters here. There are some theatres. <laughs> but i don't but i don't think anyone would ever accuse los angeles of being like
1: oh it's a theater
3: town. No, i think you're i think that <laughs> that that's safe to say. Um I, you know, i don't know. I mean, i um there is th- there is a theater scene here. Certainly um uh there was, you know, when i was based here more. Um i, I did some little theater uh, what would be the equivalent of off 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 broadway <laughs> right. here. Um but uh I don't know i i i'm more familiar truthfully with um with chicago theater right and uh and i guess growing up i my parents took me to broadway and off broadway was
2: so. that your theater company was in chicago is that yeah. the one you found it was in chicago yeah that's right yeah i mean chicago is such a great com- chicago is an amazing comedy town but it's also a good yeah. theater town
3: great theater and art and music and restaurants now i mean it is it's one of the top Culturally, it's one of the best cities in the country. Now. I guess because it's so fucking cold, a lot of <laughs> it's like we'll go Everyone, inside and watch. Everyone's it. indoors making stuff because there's no way they're going to be outdoors. It's the, anti- it's the antithesis to California, where everyone's outdoors. So, right, uh, and that's then- why
2: there's no theater culture. Because it? it's not really like a. I mean, it's like
3: it's like well, music also, too. Think about it. Like, and this is the problem we have in Chicago. Still, it's like when the weather is great. Your your business hurts as a theater company because right. no one wants to be indoors for a two o'clock matinee on a Saturday. Right, like no one. So um, it's really bad for business when the weather's good. <laughs> so that's why, in a way, California. I mean, it's it's a struggle. You know, it's a struggle, I think, here, because the weather is so nice so much of the time.
2: And I think there's so, there's also so much focus on the entertainment business, too, the theater business.
3: That's the other thing. in yeah, Not this doesn't happen in Chicago where you cast a play and then, sorry, I got a pilot. Guys. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, people just bail here. <laughs> like, you start rehearsing a play here, you know, they don't, and a lot of actors, they don't even care. I mean, they care to a degree, but not as much as, you know, uh, as their careers, you know. They They'll just you know they'll just drop on a dime to for a great gig yeah so the whole ca- then you have to recast or have an understudy go on and it's hard to it's certainly hard to do ensemble theater that is a, that is LA.
2: definitely the understanding that is the kind of unspoken agreement if you live in if you're an actor in Los Angeles and you go like yeah
3: we can make plans but if I get an audition <laughs> That's um, exactly right. I'm going to bail same thing as, yeah no I'll do the play. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> if I get a guest spot,
1: <laughs> if I
3: know. get it on CSI, yeah, if I have
2: CSI or uh, I'm a churro <laughs> vendor in an episode of The Flash, I got to go to Canada. I'm sorry. Uh, good luck with your play. Yeah, it's just not the main. It's just not really the main industry here. Yeah. But there's so much. Pre- it just there's so much prestige to theater. But in LA, I think I think people just don't really. It's kind of a bummer. They don't really take it that seriously. It's like, yeah, that's, that's cute. Right. This is really, you know.
3: Right. That's, you're right. I think you're right. It's did you struggle. struggle with that when you
2: became, uh, when Friends hit and then you were really like a TV guy, did you feel like, well, I have to extra responsibility to make sure that I can still be a theater guy too? Yeah,
3: for sure. But again, because I was part of a company and they were my closest friends as well, they actually helped keep me sane during all that Craziness, um, and I would go back as much as I can to do theater in Chicago yeah. on my breaks from the show, either direct or act in a play, and th- you know that would that would keep me kind of grounded and keep my keep my head <laughs> level.
2: That's amazing, Kyle. You have to stop typing. It sounds like a call center. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's right. I'm going to have to escalate this. Speaking of, you know, I'm familiar with call centers. Um, that was my first job actually. Out of before I was in out of high school, I sold copy machine toner and developer in this place uh, in the summer before college to make a little extra money. And you had to start at – I had to get there at 6 a.m. because our first calls were on the East Coast. You know, you would have pages and pages of leads and you'd get some – you didn't get the receptionist at some place or some you know you'd ask for like who runs the you know who runs your who handles your supplies your toner and <laughs> printer supplies your copy machines so, uh, hold on one second i guess i do and then you'd have to like try to con them and sell them and pretend you were their rep Uh-huh. You know, so hey, I'm I'm uh, here calling about your cannon, and you would know exactly what machine they had. Oh. so you'd say, "Yeah, I'm calling." It looks like you need more developer. How do you get can-. that information, dude? I don't know how they got this <laughs> this shit, but they had all this stuff. So, and I was the youngest person there by thirty years yeah. easily, right? I'm seventeen. Okay. And one day, like three months into the job, and I'm mean, there are some seasoned pros there, and I'm I'm making okay money. But one day I show up, the whole place is boarded up. Oh shit! They were raided and shut down, <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm out of a were job. Were you good at so, it? I, no, I was not good <laughs> at it. I was really, I mean, I guess it was using some acting skills, but um, I don't know. I felt really, I felt really dirty doing it because it was. Uh, just a straight up con. Were you actually selling that? You were actually selling toner. There wasn't yeah. any. Okay, no, no, we were selling. So it wasn't supplies it was a scam that they didn't need. Right, of course. Right. So the whole thing was – and pretending to be their local supplier or that I was their copy machine <laughs> rep. Was, Did you ever say you were their copy machine rep or you just talked no, like – No, you couldn't. Legally, you couldn't say it. Right. But you spoke as, oh, yeah, I'm looking here. It looks like your Canon XR50 needs a. – you're short on developer. I'm going to send you this. We got a special right now. Just keep talking. You know, until they say, oh, OK, yeah, so I'm sending this to – and I knew the address. I knew the business. I knew all that stuff. All right, Doris, I'm glad to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, this is on its way. Should be with you soon. Thank you. You know, I'll check back in with you. You know, we never check back in. <laughs> you know, it was just this con. Um, but, you know.
2: Cadillacs are for closers. That's why they got raided. Thanks. Because it got super – I mean, that is – I mean, it's not a – I don't know, though. Maybe there was something more illegal going
3: on that you weren't aware of. <laughs> it's possible, man. Because that sounds... <laughs> no, the whole place was shady. I mean, the, it, was, it wasn't... Like, the whole thing was, like, on a corner at, like, <laughs> near the freeway and Robertson. You know? Oh, it, it was... Yeah. It was, I, you know what I mean? It was dicey. Yeah. And, even, and that was back then. Yeah, It yeah, was yeah. even more dicey. Yeah, yeah, that
2: was a lower Culver City back then. Yeah, it it was, was not a nice yeah. place. It was, it was... Yeah, it was lower, lower... Culver City. When the it foodies was... came in, feed the beast. I mean, if we're just what? We're what a transition, Chris!
3: That was amazing. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Culver City used to. I mean, this is obviously people who aren't from here are going to have no references. Culver City used to be uninhabitable. Uh, there was there was a, there was a, there were a couple lots there. Sony was there, and then there was another Sony, right. and then Culver Studios. Right, and then everything else was just like. Oh, when it's dark Don't go on the moors <laughs> Like it was just a really Desolate, creepy place yeah. And then all the food hipsters came in And designed hipsters And then now there's furniture stores and food But back right, then Right Dangerous place no to be No man's land No man's land
3: The Wild West
2: Yeah And did you uh, Did you affect Did you try
3: different characters Did you call it I tried, as- but I was 17 Yeah My voice had barely bro- You know, had just broken So I don't think I could I didn't You know, I did what I could, but um, I had limited range at that point. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, but I tried. I would listen to the older guys and, you know, try to affect, you know, whatever they were doing. But uh, no, I, I just, I was not very good at it.
2: I think people with strong performing genes don't, even though to a degree as a performer, you are a salesman. I mean, you have to sell a concept or a character to an audience, but that whole like... What's it going to take to get you? Like I don't. I feel like most performers <laughs> do not enjoy that, and that is no. partially why you probably go into performances to not have to do that right. every day. Right? Did you immediately go into
3: another call sales position? No, no. I mean, I went. Then I went to college, and then Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, and uh, you know, my next. I mean, I waited tables for seven years between Chicago and L.A., um, and that's a form of salesmanship. You know, a form of performance. I became. You know, I I had a character, I guess, as a waiter. I was this really semi-elegant, you know, very well-spoken professional. I was – I don't know. It was – although in Chicago – my first waiting job, I was at a restaurant called Ed DeBevick's. Oh, yeah, of course. All right, so I was a roller skating waiter at Ed's. But you had to have characters at Ed had, DeBevick's. No, you, you, you had to be a character. Yeah. You, so I was Romeo. Everyone had the name tag, and I was Romeo, <laughs> and I had the big pompadour, and, and we made all our money off tips jumping over people's kids. <laughs> you know, no, really, we would do stunts, and we would just jump over people. Um, I think they shut that down because some kid got a – caught a skate to the head or something.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel like that would be a... So especially like, in today's litigious culture. That was a terrible a idea. Call. Not a good call. A terrible idea. So we stopped doing that. Well, there was an Ed DeBevick's here in L.A. Was that the one you worked out or the one no, in Chicago? No, I worked at, I didn't know there was one here. Was one by the be- There was one by the Beverly Center for years. And uh, it closed probably I remember 15 years ago. But it was super... It was one of those, you know.
3: I worked at the Daily Grill at the Beverly Connection.
2: Ah, uh, yes, of course, right no. across from the Beverly Dude, Center. I go
3: back, right? My, uh,
1: oh
2: wow, that really does go back.
3: Yeah, it's not there anymore. No, it's it's yeah. it's like either a phone store or
2: it's something. But yeah. yeah, I know, I know that I knew that Daily Grill. Well, that was me. Oh right? my god, I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, the Ed to I was always fascinated by the the agreement that the patrons would have with the staff, which is yeah, we're going to go in and they're kind of probably going to treat us like shit and that's really funny because yeah. some waitress will be like, slide over, sweetheart. <laughs> and you're like, all right. <laughs> can I exactly just get right. a...
3: There was a kind of... A, there was a, a, an agreement when you set foot yeah. that you were going to be abused and and it was <laughs> a very sadi- sadomasochistic relationship and we had permission to abuse people. Yeah. Um, and that was fun.
2: That it makes me think of... I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast. The last, one of the last times I was in New York, the soup Nazi guy is now marketing his own soup, and they've rebranded him. There were banners of it all over the city. It's the most genius rebranded. Like, we want to sell soup. How do we get away from Nazi? So they call him Soup Man. He's the Soup Man, as seen on Seinfeld, the Soup Man, and he's like... Sta- There's like an American flag in the... Like, every piece of it wow. was like... Let's wow. forget let's forget about the Nazi part of it and just focus on the soup part of it. Right. They've completely rebranded him as the Man.
3: Right. It's like the new KKK. <laughs> right. It's like they're for a millennial generation we don't hate... black people no. we just
2: really like us. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we just so really... the the, the, for, the foreground of the selfies are mostly white faces. <laughs> That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. <laughs> cuz we have an Instagram account now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the soup, former Nazi.
2: The soup, the soup, the soup. I was just following orders, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they really. And it was a really, it was a really fascinating study of, how, you know, this guy had a moment, and he, it was this thing, yeah. and everyone knew him as this thing, but it was attached to Seinfeld. So how do you get him away from Seinfeld and get him away from the Nazi party, right? Uh, and it seems like it's well, they did it successfully. That's interesting because they were all over the city.
3: That's interesting, and because Seinfeld had accepted him as a you know a Jewish comic, yeah. there was some kind of it was acceptable, right? It was palatable, wait, because he wasn't Super a literal Nazi, Nazi. no, no, yeah. no,
2: of course, not. It wasn't like the weird. But I mean,
3: even the term, you know, it was, it was, it was digestible. It, the, I it's
2: it, I find that what was acceptable on television in the nineties, even is you this stuff you couldn't jokes you couldn't make now. Not only that, no, you can't no, say that
3: it was acceptable. In I would argue, in the seventies is not acceptable today. No. I mean, when you watch All in the Family, oh yeah, 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 and what they said on that show and yeah. what and the issues they were tackling, I mean, the closest, at least in network television, seems to be you know the Carmichael Show, like they're at least addressing some issues of relevance, with you know in in comedic in a comedic way, but. I don't know if you saw, like, the Bill Cosby episode. Or I did not Carl see Marcos. the Bill Cosby yeah, episode. Yeah. Really interesting, you know, provocative. But, um, yeah, I mean, the stuff going on and all in the family, there's, you couldn't get away with today.
2: Well, there, that was – you know, that Norman Lear movement was the backlash to the – or not a backlash necessarily, but, you know, all of those um, – All of those happy homemaker type sitcoms from this from the fifties and and sixties. It was just that counterculture movement of like, no, the the seventies are dirty and gritty and real, and you know people have fucking problems. You know, so and then it all switched around in the eighties when everyone was doing coke and Wall Street. (laughs) Uh, But where? So where do you think? where, Where does Friends fall into all that? Where do you think that? Where does that feel like? Well,
3: a decade from ninety four to two thousand four, right? Is that? I mean, it's uh, it's the nineties for sure. I mean, if you look at our in the pilot, if you look at our hairstyles and clothes, I mean, <laughs> it's just hysterical. Um, Which really was a thing. Like it re- every season, like what are they going to look like this year? What's who's going to yeah, wear what? That's right, and hairstyles. What's the right, hairstyles right? like? And now looking, you know, looking back on it, it's hysterical. I mean, to think that that was actually. Uh, that some of us are more like Jen and the ladies were setting trends. Um, I don't think <laughs> the boys ever set any. Style you guys
2: did though. Everyone did have a, you know, and I'm sure at the time I was like, yeah, you know, this this uh, this braided vest is an awesome idea. <laughs> this sweater vest. <laughs> with the v-neck and the piping is like this is the does oh, the, not get any, the cooler any cooler than this yeah the chandler vest does <laughs> not get any cooler than this but it is a it's a fun time capsule
3: yeah i think now but you know i read this new york magazine article that came out like a month or two ago saying that friend the because of netflix and the ability to stream um the new generation 14 15 year old kids are are really up on friends you know they're watching it and and it's amazing to me that it's it's got that staying power today and it makes me think that well of course to them it's it's it, it's a it's an it's a it's a world that they are mystified by i mean it's such an innocent world the fact that there're six people on a couch and they actually are talking to each <laughs> other no i'm i'm serious i think it's so Foreign because yep. we didn't have social media and texting or anything. Right. But if you watch, you know, five, 15 year olds sit on a couch today, none of them are talking to each other. No. They're all on their phones talking to other people. So I think in some way it's, um, there's a bit of nostalgia, or not nostalgia, just fascination um, with teenagers about like what is that's it kind of like when that's what it was like in it might have been like
2: when we would watch like uh, uh bewitched or <laughs> or i love lucy, I love lucy right. right oh wow
3: black and white that's crazy and look at how nicely dressed they are for dinner yeah uh, you know or just you know whatever chores they're doing they're, and they're dressed beautifully and perfectly separate beds <laughs> ricky and lucy are sleeping in separate beds you know what i think that has a lot to do with it there's that big an age gap yeah, so
2: I think that was maybe so that uh, Ricky could sneak in dancers from the Copa into the bathroom and not wake up Lucy. I think it was probably more along more along those lines. Yeah. this apparently was her dra- dressing room. I'm told what Our, was this, right here. This, yeah, uh, this the room. This is my dressing room is th- through that door. And, wow. I, and this apparently because this stage is the I Love Lucy was the original I Love Lucy stage. That's
3: really that's really cool.
2: I keep hoping that I'm just gonna find
3: some lipsticks
2: (laughs) some (laughs) lipstick just like a the the hacking cough of a ghost somewhere in the background but uh, it hasn't hasn't happened yet but it is but I think also because kids I think this generation does not sit down and watch television when it airs so they're gonna rifle through Netflix oh hey oh friends and at the core of it it's still a great show. It's still six people interacting with f- problems that people have just, right. you know, in slightly different clothing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> At what yeah. point did the show – because the show really kind of became – it really was just a sitcom when it started. It was like, oh, it's a sitcom. It's it six people. That but then it really kind of became its own entity. Do yeah. you think that happened right away or did it that It happened
3: take- really quickly. I-, I don't know why. I don't understand it. I think it, it- – you know i I thought at one point maybe it was because it was hitting a sweet spot in terms of a a generation that was watching it who were growing up as products of divorce mm-hmm. or just different kinds of families and and people were defining i think people were that age were defining and choosing who their family was right. Um, because a lot of people were moving out of city or state to go to school or just, you know, people were just moving around more and not staying at home. So when you move, you start to form your your new family, your own family, and that's by your own choosing. And I think that had a lot to do with it, that it just, it was um, of the moment where people were starting to define or choose for themselves who their family was going to be.
2: Yeah, and also a time period where, <clears throat> like thirty million people could watch a show, right. and that was not a crazy thing that 's right and now network's like, oh, it's a network 's like two million people watch our show it 's a huge hit you know it 's just right. like the audience everything 's so splintered it's crazy now.
3: right did it feel life changing at the time like yeah, immediately like immediately immediately yes, it was terrifying <laughs> i 'm not kidding why it, uh, um I was i i was i because we were um thrust into a kind of um, celebrity that I just had never experienced, none of us had experienced before, so, and I personally didn't respond well to it at the time, I was uh, I was uncomfortable with it Um, and I didn't like being treated differently than um, like I hadn't changed but suddenly people would be treating me completely differently than I was accustomed to and also Uh, frankly with a um i have a very strong sense of um justice because of my parents and how i was raised and they're both lawyers and um and i just felt the way i was being treated was not just it just wasn't right um and i you know i would like the simple thing of going going to Going for a cup of coffee at the Starbucks, and there's a line of you know eight people. You know, I take my place in line, and this happened early on, you know, so I really remember this moment. And you know, one of the dudes behind the counter said, "Dude, you know, come here. You don't have to wait, you know." And that was a moment for me of like, "No, no, I'm I'm good right here," because I just felt if I how would I feel if I were that guy in front of me like what's the deal this this guy walks up you know I mean I just yep. felt like it was totally um wrong God I'd be okay with it. well I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be too okay with I'm that. not saying look I'm not saying I've um <laughs> I've not accepted you know of course certain of course, of treatment course. sometimes of course. and you know when I'm really dying to get into a restaurant and you know uh, they, you know that helps sure but um but you know, there's just a balance. Just trying right. to maintain a balance. I Also, remember, like driving up to the lot one day, and and a, a woman was, and her daughter were kind of just kind of barely around the area where my parking spot is at the stage, and the guard, um, you know, who's just doing his job, but he was new, and he was like over. He saw me start to pull in, and he was like you know, screaming at this woman and her daughter, just get, please get out of the way, move over there. And I was just oh, like... Oh, good for him.
2: <laughs> oh, no, right. Oh, I'm sorry. You, right. Uh, that was bad. That was bad.
3: You know, I yeah. was just like, dude, d- just chill. It's all good, you know. Were you guys a support group for each other at the yeah. same time? Okay, yeah, for sure.
2: Because who, who else is experiencing that at the same yeah. time? Like, you, how,
3: how are you talking about
2: that yeah. with anyone? Well,
3: you know what I'm talking I mean, you're. Ex- you are experience your own celebrity, your own fame do you but
2: not on the friend I mean like
3: friends is friend, like that
2: was just one of those there were there are a few things in our culture that kind of defined and were representative of the culture of the time. Right. so it's like you know you all in the family or or happy days or Seinfeld or friends or like those were just the things that are mash like those were just the things that. In that period of time,
3: we're help help define pop culture, help define pop culture, and we're
2: just the like in the upper the highest canopy level of everything. And so, yeah, I mean, when I'm out in public, we go, "Hey, I watch your show." I go, "Thanks," but it's not like, I mean, it's not the kind of rabid. Where I'm sure there were periods of time where you guys are like, "I don't think we can go
3: anywhere in public tonight." That's why. That's what I mean by terrifying. Like I be in the first couple of years, just walking to the airport, and uh, you know a group of young girls, you know, 15, 16 years, scream like blood curdling screams and then running towards me and (laughs) and I I didn't know how to handle that. I I was just like, this is not fun. I guess I can't wait at the gate. I have to go wait in some stupid room. (laughs) No, really. I mean, that's I, I didn't I didn't
2: like it. Well, that's that. Also, sounds like the New Yorker in you. Like, hey, I'm just a guy. I'm not. Yeah. Just can we just everything is all. Fine. Yeah, can it's we not... just be cool here? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and now it's
3: worse with all the social media. You're always on camera now. Do you like so, it? Are
2: you on social media no, much? No. no,
3: no. I tried. I thought. I, I mean, I think it's amazing. I really do. Um, and I I really appreciate like different people's Instagrams and, but um, I'm not because I I find it first. First of all, I f- I find it really time consuming yes. to do it correctly or do it like in a way that I would want to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just too much time, frankly, between work and having a five-year-old daughter and right. You know, um, but also, I tried once to actually, in my head, I thought it was a cool way to like talk to fans and kind right. of be, hey, let's break down this thing and let's just chat and you know. We'll and I got into it with a guy um, once o- a- over over Trump actually about <laughs> 5 years ago or something this was when uh, well, i guess 4 years ago when Obama was already our sitting president right. and this guy and,
2: and you wanted Trump in office immediately
3: <laughs> and Trump and Trump had made another comment about <laughs> hiring the best people his who's his goons to go you know find right. the proof that he wasn't a legal oh, right, right, right. citizen yeah, of course right? yeah. again right. even though he was our sitting president for over 4 years so I just – I said something to the effect and, you know, which I maybe – now I realize I shouldn't have about this is obviously a bigot. I mean this is bigotry. This isn't, you know, plain and simple. And this guy, you know, a nice guy in the Midwest took issue with what I said and we started to have a, a back and forth, a dialogue. And through, through Twitter I think it was, yeah. And at some point I just realized, you know what, I'm never going to change this person's mind – um, and this is n- like an exercise that I, you know, I, I, I will never do again. Basically, I just, I didn't see the, the point of it. Um, so, uh, I, I said something, I, I ended my tweet, my exchange with him saying, this is what I love about this country. You and I could respectfully disagree. And I wish you well Yeah I mean, you know I
2: mean It's social media Unfortunately You know Particularly when you When you're hitting topics Like politics or religion Or any of the Any of the big ticket items They need to be conversations And social media Does not foster conversations It Social media Fosters emotional outbursts <laughs> Because they're so short that you can't really, and you're also protected by anonymity
3: you're for the totally most part. Totally protected or, by anonymity. That you know, is the you, worst. I mean, it's so true, and everyone knows this. Like, you would never say half the things you say <laughs> if you were sitting across from the person. No. And um, so I, it's just not for me. It's Nothing. shit you shout when you're in your car, when you're when you're alone, and you <laughs> yes. know
2: that no one's gonna hear you. Yes. You can say the worst things about everyone yes. around you in traffic, but you don't mean it, and you don't want them to hear it. But that's kind of what social media has become now. It's shouting and traffic. Yeah, that's all it and is. And everyone's a critic. Everyone has an opinion, and everyone's a hole poker. And everyone, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. It's. I think it. I think the good things about it do outweigh the bad things. Mm-hmm. But I do. I, you know, I, I. I would really love to see what the psychological and sociological effects are of people interfacing with machines and social media. In twenty years, thirty years, like what does that do to a generation of brains? I'm,
3: I'm frankly really concerned for my daughter. I mean, she's five; she can easily navigate any device yeah. you put in front of her. Um, and I'm, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm looking at these, as I said, fifteen, sixteen-year-olds, and I, you know, sitting on a couch and not speaking to each other. Yeah, and I'm just wondering what. What's it going to be like in 10 years when she's 15?
2: Well, hopefully the technology will be more integrated into the way that we – It will just be a
3: chip in her eye.
2: Yeah, and so it will look like she's looking at you but just past you. She'll be nodding and really she's – But not talking to you. Right, right. Yeah, she's talking to someone else. Well, that will (laughs) be (laughs) better, (laughs) I guess. I just did a radio show and the the host, Steve Jones, showed me a video. He was in a restaurant. And he, everyone in the restaurant was sitting – people sitting across from each other just on their devices. And he was like, and I was no better. I was filming the whole thing. Like not one person was looking at one another. Yeah. People just don't – people are more put off by silence and uncomfortable social interaction. They would rather just distract – just put their fucking face on their phone.
3: I mean I'm really interested in what the studies are going to be in 20 years. I also think – I really do think – over time, our physiology is going to change. All of, There's going to be a different way we walk and carry ourselves because everyone's spending so much time looking down at a different angle. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a complete. If they
2: don't integrate the technology into, like, if, if there is not integrated wearable technology, then yeah, I think we'll involve, like, a set of throat eyes. <laughs> so you could just, like, constantly be looking down I think and looking ahead. I really do.
3: I think we're going to change physiologically.
2: Well, there's so many things that are. You know, like driverless cars. You know, are, are going to continue to allow people to be in their devices. But you know, I do think.
3: Will you? Will you actually? Will you be in a driverless car? Boy, I
2: don't know. And and I love There's technology no so I much, be, but I just feel I like I do
3: too. I'm a tech geek, but at I the will, end of the
2: day, it's still a machine. I,
3: yes, <laughs> that I will could. never let a, someone drive my car for me.
2: I mean, my most frustrating interactions are with devices and you know for no reason when your phone just crashes and it's like okay well that was a low stakes thing i was just writing an email <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not running over right. a, you know a bunch of people yeah i don't know i don't know about I, that
3: i'm i'm amazed about the predictions of how popular uh, people think that's I know,
2: but be. then we're just going to end up being like those old people who wouldn't get on a train. They were like, "It's the devil's carriage! <laughs> what <laughs> twenty miles an hour? Who needs to get anywhere that
3: fast?" No, no, no. You no. Know? I'm all for like uh, a driverless train because there's on there's a track. It's a predetermined kind of destination. And yeah, there's no oncoming traffic. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Just, I'm not doing it. Flying cars are the one thing <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that didn't it.
2: didn't manifest. <laughs> flying um, cars. Flying cars. are the worst idea ever. Just the worst. Just, dr- I'm just not gonna hunks it of ca- hunks of car <laughs> dropping out of the sky because people are texting. I mean, it's just everything about it. Everything about it's horrifying. I want to hear about it. So, uh, because you have a five? Do you have any other kids? Or just five? No, year- just five-year-old. a
3: five-year-old daughter.
2: Because I'm getting married in August. And congrats! Thank you. And we are planning to have kids next year. And then I will be 45 next year when right, I have right. a kid. So, was it? Were, was it something that you thought, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to do this? And then you got to a point where you felt like, now I feel like maybe
3: I want to do this. No, nope, I always wanted to do it. I just – I just hadn't – I wasn't ready mm-hmm. until I was ready. Um, and coincidentally, I found the right person. But um, no, I've always wanted to be a dad, always. And I'm uh, – It's you will see. It is the greatest um, – well, I think it's – it It can't be beat. Um also, I feel like it came at a right time in my life and probably my career, in that I think I'd become a little hardened. Um, I think the longer you're a bachelor and the longer um, for me at least you're in this industry. you can become a little jaded, a little cynical, a little hardened um, and having a having a baby, you know you just find you're actually laughing every day, so you can't you just can't be that <laughs> cynical uh, as much, you know, because it's just so ridiculous how the things they do is just oh, so, that's good. so fun. I'm, so a, I'm
2: always glad to hear that. I always ask, I always ask because, you know, like my mom, by the time my mom was my age, I was like 20. No, I know. And so no, it's sort of no, a same strange Same with me. It's my parents were thing.
3: 22, you know, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I I became a dad when... See um so f- when I'm f- when I was 44 right so um first of all stretch you got to stretch <laughs> you know you got to take care of yourself because they get heavy and they're still going to want to be carried and jump on you and i mean that that is it's it's a it's the real deal
2: oh that's good yeah i don't want to be like tony randall dad like <laughs> you know <laughs> 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 I don't want to be like crazy old like a goddamn baby. I mean I don't know if he was like that, but I just mean like you don't wanna you don't wanna be like old guy dad. Like I still right, wanna be right. you know, I, I actually, active. You still wanna yeah. be active. Yeah. yeah. But uh but I do know there will there will be a point where you know when my if I show up at like a parent teacher conference
3: I'm like, Oh, are you the grandpa No No, that's not gonna happen. I hope
2: that's, not. No, no. no. I feel like our generation looks younger than our parents did at our age, but that could also be perspective.
3: Don't you think? I feel like people who are our know. age, I got I I you know, I see some some of my peers and they they look their age. <laughs> well, know? that's just not taking so care you've of yourself. Got good genes. Well, we've you, got you, you, I you feel got like good genes. but cuz you look great too. Oh,
2: you look fantastic. Nice. I, you got a, that full head of hair. <laughs> you he's yeah. like you easily could pass for thirty six, <laughs> I think. Easily thirty six. I think it's
3: pushing it, but I appreciate. it. I'll take it.
2: But I, you know, like that—that that idea when we were younger of what a guy in his mid forties looked right, like right. was a lot different. I feel like it was a little people. People grew up quicker when when we were growing up. I, I think, mean,
3: yeah, I think you're probably right. I think there. are uh, I think well, first of all, we're all in general we're all marrying later, you right? Know? We're partnering up much later, and. You're right. I think people try to take a little better care of themselves maybe than uh, a couple of generations back. So
2: all you need is a raw steak and some whiskey <laughs> and a pack of cigarettes.
3: I don't know if that's really <laughs> Yeah, you know, I still uh, you know, well, I grew up with, you know, you finish everything on your plate. You know, just, I mean, just food and the portions here in this country are so <laughs> ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? I my, so I, my grand I could not take
2: my grandfather to the cheesecake factory. Be like, well you gotta finish?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna die!" Right? The portions are incredible. And yeah. They're insane. So I still have to stop myself, catch myself sometimes when I'm out to eat. Like, you know, I, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm actually full. And ne- there's something about like that parental. Guilt in the back, of the voice in the back. Of finish your, finish your plate. Well, yeah, well, especially because
2: uh, my parents weren't so much like that, but my grandparents, you know, grew up in, during the Great Depression, and right. so you know my, and, and so there was very much uh, you need to. This is going to go to waste, right. you know, or if you don't, there are starving children. Can I mail this to them? You know, like there was no way, there was no way around, there was no way around it with my my dad's grandfather. But yeah, I think my parents' generation rebelled a little bit, and then our generation. I don't know why. You need like three or four chicken breasts in a meal at Ch-
3: Cheesecake Factory. That's crazy. It's like
2: two it's like a couple on a pile of
3: mashed but it's an insane. Yeah, I mean the recommended protein amount is some a piece of meat or fish the size of your fist. <laughs> like that that's it. That's all you should What's eat What's the recommended pizza amount? Um I think that's three boxes. It's three boxes three of pizza, yes. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I love pizza. I love pizza. I love pizza. Well, of course, Chicago. <laughs> you must have <Yeah>, Chicago <laughs> Do you Yorker? like the pie or do you like the thing? I, no, I like both. I like um, you know, there's uh I like the stuffed spinach pizza. Interesting. It's real good. Where's that? Real good. Well, it used to be at a place. It's called Carmen's mm-hmm. in Evanston. Okay. Which uh, where's you know, near, close to Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, other places do it, but that was the best. The uh, Carmen's stuffed spinach. Where's good pizza in LA? I don't know. Oh, John and Vinny's. Where's that? Yeah, John and Vinny's on Fairfax. Oh, never been there. Yeah. That's a fantastic place. Fantastic restaurant. Great Italian food. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. It's the best place in town. Do you know this, Kyle? That means you haven't been there, but Ina, you've heard of it. It's phenomenal.
2: I still want to explore this idea that you knew each other in second grade, <laughs> and somehow you have complementary careers. So you're talking about
3: Ina, Ina my, yeah, my publicist, because Ina and, represents a lot of people. who've Been on the podcast, yeah, and, and, she's awesome. So Ina and I were, yeah, we were in the second grade together, and she was always at that time she was taller than I was because I was a child <laughs> um, and early um, bloomer.
2: You sprouted up right away.
3: Yeah, and um, and then uh, I went away to school and in Chicago, and we kind of, you know, I, she went her, you know, to her college and her career, and I went to mine. And I remember when I was on a photo shoot, the cast of Friends and the cast of ER were doing a, some kind of photo shoot. I think for Vanity Fair or something. All the both casts were doing some big photo shoot, and I look across the room, and I think you were working. Yeah, with Anthony Edwards. That's right. And uh, I look across the room and I was like, no. That, <laughs> and I was like, Ina? And she's like, David? I was like, what the heck? And I said, well, we have to – can we do – can we work together too? I mean, this is awesome. So we've been – yeah, we've been working together since. About, that's
2: crazy. Yeah. It's amazing awesome. that I, I honestly – i
3: would i would like to
2: think that maybe I would recognize someone that I went to second grade with
3: she hasn't changed much you really she hasn't changed much since the second or third grade so what were you guys what were you like in second grade? I don't remember what I was like in second grade I remember i was i i had problems in like fourth fifth, and sixth grade I was I was uh, like hyperactive and kind of a troublemaker, like class clown slash asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, no, I really was. I got into a lot of fights. I was almost expelled several times. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bathroom fights. I um,
2: never would have. I yeah. was like, oh, David Schreiber. He seems like a guy who was always in the library enjoying books. I did enjoy the library.
3: Uh, not you- not, at, not at that not then, but in college, I liked the library. Um, but. Um, no, I, I was, I was not a good, I was not a sweet kid.
2: (laughs) Did theater channel all that energy?
3: No, I mean, I was doing a lot of sports at the time. So that helped. I just had a lot, a lot of like manic energy. So I was doing every sport I could. And then, um, junior high, I went to Paul Revere junior high. Um, and, uh. And continued that. And then I didn't really get into theater or acting until high school when they, had, when they made me choose between baseball practice and – because I love baseball. I played a lot. They made me choose. I, I couldn't do th- rehearsal and practice, right? Because you only could do so much after school, right? And I went where the girls were. <laughs> so <laughs> to be honest, I mean that's where all my energy went. Okay. To makes sense. trying to – be with girls? Um, Did it unsuccessfully? Work? It didn't work. it Didn't <laughs> work. No, no, not well. I had a girlfriend in high school, but not till I was um, my uh, junior. So.
2: And then in college, you you studied theater in college. Yeah, yeah, and girls. And you studied girls yes, in college. Yes. I tried. I went to all boys school, high, all boys high school. So when I went to college. Was, what
3: what all boy what 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 school? It
2: was a school in L.A. Well, it was I, I moved out here. My senior year of high school it was called Loyola.
3: Oh right, okay. Yeah.
2: I went to another all boys school back east, and then yeah, and it was like being around girls was so overwhelming that I couldn't focus. It was almost not good because I was so overwhelmed by it, right. and I didn't know how to socialize with them. Part of that was because I was weird. <laughs> but <laughs> not all girls like playing D&D and computers and you know. At least not at that time. Right. Now right. it's very accepted.
3: Right. Now now it's chic.
2: Now it's kind very of, chic. Yeah. yeah, now you're dumb you if do you don't yeah. do those things. That's right,
3: D&D parties. But at the t- <laughs>
2: <laughs> little D&D makeout sesh, <laughs> you know, if you you, you roll and then you get touch a boob or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just a different, yeah, it was it was so different and now I just feel like it's so much a part of the culture that it's you know it's it's kind of nice. Is your is your daughter into? Is she what's she into?
3: Well, she I mean she's uh, she's in pre you know she's in preschool. So actually, her last day was today. Um, uh, she got I expelled mean, she's, for fighting in the bathroom. Say again? She got expelled for fighting in the bathroom. <laughs> no, Whatever. no, um, no. She's a good kid. She she you know she's into. Uh, Oh, a lot of art. She likes making things she, and building things, so she loves that. Um, she also loves performing, so I, I might be in trouble. She really likes putting on shows. You know, there there was a, a good four month period where she and all the girls in her class were. Nonstop, um, "Let It Go." You know, right? <laughs> it was just nonstop. Doing every day was, and I had got, I had gotten her a, this little cheap karaoke machine mm-hmm. where it takes DVDs, yeah. CDs, and stuff. So she was performing "Let It Go" nonstop, and also, um, like, but putting on shows, not just that. Like, she would be really interested in the whole setting up the whole stage so she would be dimming the lights. Oh, and wow. Like putting me exactly where I should sit. She's producing. She's producing, mm-hmm. directing. She's yeah. a triple threat. Yeah. So um, she was doing that for a while. And The Lion King, she's really big on. That was the first show, actually, we took her to see was The Lion King uh, when she was four. I was a little worried because it's like three hours long. Right. But she sat there on like riveted for she three hours. might be hours. a performer. Yeah, she might could be, be a producer performer, and also I'm teaching her chess, so that's a little geek in there. You play? Yeah, I love chess. I play. I'm playing four games right now. Are you are, serious? Yeah, are you kidding? I played competitive chess in school. I did too. <gasps> I mean, when I was, I don't want to brag, but I will. I mean, no, when I was <laughs> eleven or twelve, I won L.A., LA whatever it was, L A County. um... You know, for my age bracket, I won oh, I first place. You might place. be sitting across from the Memphis City Junior High Chess what? Championship. I
2: don't want to... We might have say. to get
3: on this. What's days. your favorite app? What's the app you use? You know, I just...
2: Uh, I, I had downloaded some basic low-end uh, chess program for the phone. And I and I actually found... Oh. A lot of the problem that I was having playing now was that it was... It, I. It was so much mental energy when I was playing in school competitively yeah. that I found that it's not as it hasn't been as fun for me to play now because I'm every time I'm I stare at a chessboard I'm I'm trying to think 7 moves ahead. Right. And it it just like the leisurely activity of engaging with some you know so I've been trying to slowly kinda of get back into it. So it was just a, a very basic, you know, right. like whatever had the highest rating chess program on on the app store. Right. And just kinda of playing against the playing against the computer.
3: Yeah, I'm still I'm you know, I got I hadn't played in y- like a decade or something. And then one of the cast members of, uh, on OJ was, had it on his phone. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, playing chess. And I go, what? Let's do this. <laughs> we had so much downtime in the courtroom sometimes yeah. so that we started playing. Then I've still got like, yeah, two games with two cast members from OJ. And I've got <laughs> Michael Gladys, you know, is, uh, is, I've got a game. He's kicking my ass right now in another game. Uh, was he, the
2: rest of that fun, by the way? yeah
3: yeah it was very cool what a strange it was, it was great that was a great experience really just that's fantastic a, yeah it was uh and the fact that it became like a like a water cooler show it was a thing it you know, became a that thing was, that was although in another week or two everyone's gonna go what what was the thing what was the <laughs> you know what i mean that's how people just yeah
2: well, because we're all distracted all the time. Because there's a there's there's a lot of good entertainment right now, but there's just so much of it. Yeah. We're, we're in the cheesecake factory of entertainment.
3: It's, like it's Im- so yeah, much. it is impossible, impossible to, to keep, keep, keep up, up, up on
2: anything. Wait a minute. Whoa. Hey,
3: listen. Whoa. Well, well I'd lo- I am sure you'll, kick, sure my you'll kick my ass in my, a no, t- chess game. But we should we should.
2: No, I would love to. What's what after you? It's
3: chess time. Chess time. Yeah, I'll show you after.
2: <laughs> chess time sounds like a <laughs> i know i know <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a video series your mom would have seen on tv in the 80s sweetie i got you chess time because i know you love <laughs> chess you can invite some of your lady friends oh mom they don't play you know like <laughs> at least not in my school they didn't were you in chess club in school yeah, yeah. the whole time
3: no i mean i th- just uh, like a year or two in high school i think or it could have been junior high could have been because i was i played when i was young like I started when I was like 9 or 10. Um, you know, there were a couple of things. I was just talking about this recently where I realized there were a few games that I, I started to play with my dad as a young man that I realized looking back on it now that I'm a parent. like I'm so glad he didn't let me win. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like, I mean, he It was never cruel. It was just he played for real you know and and I'm really glad that he kept both chess and ping pong are the two things and tennis were the three things that my dad and I would play and I just couldn't beat him like for years I just could not beat him and he was always very encouraging and everything and finally I you know the day came when I could beat him at each of those things not all at the same time obviously and um it was just really meaningful uh, in a way that I I don't really Well you can't, can't learn articulate. if someone lets you win you yeah, can't but there's learn. There's a fine line because I'm teaching my daughter now and there's a fine line in playing games with the kid and I guess he was able they did it my parents with us where you want to keep it from being co- totally discouraging Right. totally We don't want to
2: obliterate them. Yeah,
3: yeah, but I mean how many to- for how many years can you just get punished, you know? But <laughs> you know, there's also not a, there's winning.
2: also a psychological thing too of w- and, and breaking through that barrier because your your parents are these, like, omnipotent authority beings. Right. And there is kind of a weird thing where you think you can't – it's like, oh, because you get in your head about it. But when you actually break through that thing, then that's, that's a huge moment. It is. It's profound. It really is. And I think there's so much – Emphasis now on like, we gotta let everyone think they can win and we gotta it's like, well, I don't know if that's really <laughs> gonna help them later in life. Like you don't want to embarrass them. Right. But you know, you you learn by falling down. You learn by that's how you that's how you get motivated. Right. I don't know. I, 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 I I'm I'm I hope you feel like you know what you're doing at this point with parenting.
3: Yeah. And you will too. Oh, I boy. Mean, everyone uh, It comes so intuitively. I, yeah, we're all going to make mistakes. I'm not saying I don't make mistakes. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, you you know what to do.
2: I hope so. My fiancé is amazing, so I just assume, like, I'll just go, yeah, what she did. <laughs> Everything she said. That's right. Listen to your mother. Daddy's busy Play, following his dreams.
3: When are uh, you when do you getting married? August. Where? Where Do you know when?
2: We're getting married locally. Oh, yeah, We're getting oh, married cool. in Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah, It just seemed like to to not we didn't want to create work for people right right like come to our wedding it's dolphin themed so everyone's got to dress like a <laughs> you know like whatever you know we just wanted it to be really easy and simple Great. short ceremony nice did you get married in la or York
3: no we got married uh our, i mean we we got legally married in new york and then we had our wedding uh in london oh our, guys, my wife's nice. British so.
2: oh nice yeah. was it a big big to do
3: uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't like a giant to do, but it, it was, I don't know, about 150, 170 people or something. Nice. We knew, uh, you know, our our criteria for who, you know, who was there was just like, uh, we. I, I didn't want to have to feel like I had to invite uncle, whatever, right. you know, who I haven't seen in 20 years. You know, I wanted you know uh, although the parents of course are involved and you know they say you gotta invite the thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what are we gonna stop calling him the thing do I can't we just have another party <laughs> in New York for those For yeah? um, I don't know I mean everyone has their own thing but we did a best friend of mine married us my best one of my best friends married us which was great so we just kind of made up our own that's talk, nice our vows and it was fun it was chill and silly and fun
2: I just sort of feel like the wedding invitation list is almost like Minesweeper, where you're like, oh, I invited this person. Oh, I got to invite all these people now. (laughs) All oh, right, I gotta help all these people now. Like, it's just, it's a never That's ending. Right. Like, where's the
3: cutoff? Where's the cutoff? <laughs> did you do the tables? Like, where people are. S- did you do the seating yet? We haven't done this. I don't think we've done the seating yet. Oh, man, that is not fun.
2: Wed- weddings make people fucking bananas. Like, and not, not, I don't mean, I don't mean my fiance or like, which everyone's pretty chill on our side, but I mean like other people. Right. right. Yeah. I didn't get invited yet. Did you get it? Is this thing? Why is that that to table? Like, I don't know. It just feels like such a weird thing. But I guess maybe it's just because everyone wants to feel like,
3: you know. They have a part or they have a say in it. Yeah. Or something. yeah.
2: But did you do it for – you did it just for you guys yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do yeah. it. Yeah. We invited a lot of people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <But that's, laughs> and it wasn't even her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we
3: invited. Like 600. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they're all looking forward to coming now.
2: <laughs> I think like 600. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I don't know if 600 people are coming. Plus dates. No. Oh. No.
3: Oh, just 600.
2: Yeah, just 600. Right. <laughs> I don't. Funny. It's like five or six. Like five or six. Oh. Well, she has a big family, and I, you know, like I have. Fa- family, a lot of friends, and a right. lot of
3: you know. And, it, and it's be- bring your own beer. It's, <laughs> bring, it's bring, bring, yeah. Bring your own chair. Bring be. your own entree. Be, or bring you, your own music. Or are you better work. Or you're going to be working a long time.
2: It's <laughs> uh, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be. I'm fun. sure it'll be a, a blast. But I we have a few minutes left, so I just want to make sure that we get to talk about uh, feed the beast. Sure, because uh, 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 I haven't. I feel like. I know AMC has some sort of a bank of shows that I can go in and watch, but I don't know where it is, so I've not seen Feed the Beast That's yet. That's
3: totally fine. Please, I mean, please,
2: please! But it looks foodie.
3: It's look. It's uh, it's a one hour drama, uh, ten episodes. Clyde Phillips, who created or you know who was the showrunner on Dexter yes. and Nurse Jackie, is, yes, is uh, those are very sure. good shows. He's, he's great. He's so talented. Um, and it's a. I think it's a unique. Show and and the tone of it is really unique. It's um, it's a drama, but there's dark comedy, violent crime, and as you say, cooking and a little magic realism. So, I think it's really unusual, and that's why I was drawn to it. I thought, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off, but if we we do, then it's going to be cool. Um, I still don't know if we pulled it off. By the way, Uh, um, and uh, I. You know, in, sh- in brief, uh, I play uh, an alcoholic sommelier um, who is uh, a widower and raising uh, a 10-year-old mixed-race son because uh, my wife was killed in a hit-and-run a year prior to when the show starts. And uh, my best friend, played by Jim Sturgis, is, uh, this, uh, is a very talented chef who just gets released from prison. And he- you know, he basically convinces me to rekindle the dream we we had um, a, a long time ago of of uh, building the restaurant of our dreams in the Bronx. So it's a you know it's these two childhood friends who have no other family really to speak of besides themselves, and of course my son, trying to put that put back the pieces of their lives through this active creation of of this restaurant.
2: And so, and
3: so, is it the kind of thing where you, you? Thank assume. you, by the way. Thank you for not falling asleep during that. I did not fall asleep <laughs> no, during no, that. I appreciate it. No, thank of you. course, that would be terrible. <laughs> Can you imagine, Chris? What? Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. What? I'm finished. So, oh yeah,
2: <laughs> um, uh, feed the animals is on. <laughs>
3: Uh a, BBC, yeah, BBC, BBC? Yeah.
2: No, but I, but I honestly, uh, I saw the poster for it and the the, the art for it's super cool. I and mean, you guys are on the subway and the, yeah. and, I, and I had I just oh well, there's a foodie thing and it feels like there's a New York thing, but I didn't know exactly what the show yeah, was that's, about.
3: That's basically the the you know the setup for it.
2: I think it's kind of a nice place to be too, where you where you go, you know, this looks interesting. I think I'll do this thing. I mean, that's a pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing place. When
3: you finished Friends, did you think, "Well, I don't know when I want to work"? Like, did you were you worried that you were you worried about work or at all? Well, Look, I mean, the greatest gift of that show was also the financial freedom. Of course, so I didn't. I actually wasn't. I wasn't worried about work, which is a you know huge blessing as an actor. Um, and really, I I just wanted to. Do other things I wanted to direct I spent a big chunk of time d- Doing theater and directing You directed, yeah uh, Movies and um, And uh, some TV pilots And other things And directing and acting in theater um, Yeah, I just wanted to Kind of mix it up Change it up And get back to doing more theater And directing So I took a big chunk of time Focused on that I You know, after playing the same Guy for 10 years The last thing I wanted to do Was jump into another Series commitment Of course Um, So only now After 12 years And because it shoots In New York And because I thought this show And this character Was so unique And and frankly challenging um, I thought Yeah this I'm willing to, to jump Are you directing anything At the moment? No No I'm attached to direct a play uh, off Broadway at Playwrights Horizons, but it depends on if the show gets picked up and what right. the schedule is. Right. So. Right. That's it's kind of funny. It kind of goes
2: back to the same thing. It's like,
3: oh, if I, <laughs> I'd i love to, to do. I really love, would. I'd love to do it, guys. But <laughs> still my show's up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> You guys will be fine. Yeah, you guys yeah, will yeah. be fine.
2: Uh it was really great meeting you <laughs> Me and I, I would love to play chess. Let's do it. We'll I absolutely will. We'll uh I'll I'll pull I'm going to get chess time. Uh on the thing. I'll
3: give you my name, my you
2: know, the username. Yeah, you have to create it. Of course account. you have to create an account. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thanks man good Thank to see you. you thanks for having enjoy me enjoy your burrito everyone feed the beast uh, what, is, what is the information
3: I don't know it's I, mean, on, I, I, I probably uh, have it's it June 5th it premieres on AMC and then after June 5th it'll be every Tuesday night on AMC
2: alright I was actually pulling that up but you say. uh June 5th, and then every Tuesday on AMC. Yeah,
3: they're gonna premiere it after the second episode of Preacher, I guess.
2: Excellent. Which is great. I don't know if you've seen Yeah,
3: yeah. I just I just watched the premiere here. Yeah.
2: Super, super fun. Uh, David Schwimmer, thank you for being here. Thank you.
3: Thanks. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.